Welcome to the On Target Living Podcast, a place where health and human performance meet. So often, you know, we go after success or money or the new career or the new job or the new house or the new boat, but we're all trying to find happiness. When you think about anxiety, the fear of the future, you know, that's where you need to help people understand how do you calm people down? Hello, welcome to another episode of On Target Living. It's Kristen here. Hi, Kristen. Oh my gosh, are you getting sick of me yet? I love you, babe. Isn't this so fun? So fun. You're writing your book in your office. You're feeling inspired and... The reason we're not doing a video is because my office is a disaster. it's it's pretty crazy. (laughs) Lots of paper here. So as Matt would say, too much paper, Dad. But no, I'm excited about writing this new book. Um, I'm going to take the On Target Living book and kind of put it on steroids here. It's going to get into the weeds. The first, uh, kind of interesting, but the first six chapters is really about the mind. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But it really hit me like... You know, why don't people do what they want to do? It's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to make lifestyle changes. And so I started telling more stories. I tell a story about Grabo Grama and about lack of self-awareness and mm-hmm. bringing some of these stories to light. And um, it's really been made me thinking about, you know, what we do and how do you get people to, because they're starving for stuff. I mean, when we think of COVID and where we've been in the last four plus months and, you know, we do these webinars now. We've done over 200 webinars, and we talk about stress and the immune system. And, you know, you talk about the power of food and hungry for happiness and all these things that we're talking about. But the emails coming back and the questions, and mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why we're doing this series. That, But I'm really excited about this book because part of that will take nuggets out of that. Hopefully there'll be nuggets. I mean, actually there is nuggets, but hopefully there will be. <laughs> But really, it gets into a lot of how do you get cha- people to change mm-hmm. behavior, yeah. And that's and that's not that's hard. That's hard. The mindset shift is what people are desperate for because, like you always say, everyone wants to feel good. There's no one out there that doesn't want to feel good. They just feel like it's too hard, or there's something holding them back. They believe that carbs make them fat, or whatever it is. So if we can address kind of their mindset, they can have more of an open mind. Then then they can live, you know, their best self. Yeah, the reason I'm going to have greater energy is I'm going to take an energy drink. Right. So there's so much misinformation. You see this really today of this medical illiteracy. Mm -hmm. We don't understand the immune system. We don't understand vaccinations. We don't understand, you know, lots of this stuff. So, but the big one we're talking about today is is the mind. Yeah, and this is a this is going to be a fun topic. You know, it's a it's an issue. It's a complicated topic. But we're hopefully going to simplify some of the issues that people are facing and help them to tackle them and not just treat their symptoms, but really fix their issue at the source. So this is our three-part of our three-part series, Billion Dollar Problems. So part three of our three-part series, go back and listen to our first part, second part um, on just some other popular topics, but we're diving into more of the mental health issues that we're facing today. 450 million people struggle with mental health issues like anxiety, panic attacks, bipolar disorder, depression, eating disorders, schizophrenia, substance abuse, and many times research suggests that this rise in mental health these mental health issues could be due to the higher demands that people are facing. You know, we're doing more 
with less. You know, we're stressed at the workplace. We're stressed at home now. We have lack of recovery from stress. We have overstimulation of social media and electronic devices. So there's a number of things that are contributing to this rise in mental health issues. And although many of these conditions start in the mind, they can impact our entire body. So we're going to address from mental health to physical health and just simple strategies you can do from recovering from this process world. And we're going to start with just the topic of happiness. I think so often, you know, we go after success or money or the new career or the new job or the new house or the new boat. But we're all trying to find happiness. I think that's our greatest desire as humans. It doesn't mean that we need to walk around with a smile on our face all the time. It's kind of just the journey of having more joy in our life and how can people live a happier, you know, healthier life. And I think so often that kind of starts with their mindset. So kind of what are your thoughts when it comes to happiness and people just improving their mood and, you know, not having to you know, feel like they have to take a medication necessarily, but what are some lifestyle things they can do to kind of improve their mood and reach that happiness? Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of books. There's so much information about happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, hungry for happiness. You talk about that. Yeah. People are hungry for it, right? So what? It, what is it? I mean, people have a lot of different definitions around it. I think that that's our place today is, Key people definitions, but you know we were talking to an organization just yesterday, and one of their key um, foundational pillars in their business is a major organization is happiness. They want to create a culture of happiness. Yeah. So then I asked the question, well, what does that mean? Well, now we get into a whole definition of that. So whether it's joy, is it you know bliss? <laughs> There's so many yeah. definitions, but I think people in general, you know, want to be happy. But I think Dr. Phil Nuremberger talked to me, you know, years ago. Is why does one day you're happy and then the next day you're not? Uh-huh. Is it direct related to it's? So a lot of it has to do with how you perceive your life and your world and whatever. And I remember one of my favorite books is called Stumbling on Happiness. Mm-hmm. And I remember a chapter in there was about we're the only the human beings are the only animal in the world that thinks about the future. And so when people have more hope, you know, coming out of this pandemic or they have less hope that creates to me they're either happy or maybe not happy mm-hmm. but i truly believe personally happiness comes internally yeah. you know you can't have another person they can they can contribute to your happiness but right. i have to figure out how do i help myself be happy yep. and i know myself and probably similar to you but when i move my body mm-hmm. You know, when I can get a massage, yeah. when I can get enough water and what I eat and, you know, play and all, I'm generally more happy. Yep, definitely. So, so I think there's a lot to that. And then we know the science of, you know, I was looking at when I'm writing this new book that we have 500% increase in mental health prescription medications in the United States since 1995, 500% increase. There's something going on out there. Yeah. You know, is it too much stress? Is it the way we eat, the lack of movement, you know, what are the fundamental pillars that are causing people, you know, I don't, it it gets back to your environment, you know, and again, if you're putting the body, I was kind of digressing here, but I'm writing about, you know, your behavior matters Mm -hmm. and beliefs and things like that, because that's part of that. But I remember watching the movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) and Danny DeVito. 
And it's a story about if you haven't heard seen it, but it's a funny story about these two. They're, they're fraternal twins, and they're separated at birth. Yeah. And the mother's told they died, and Arnold is being raised on this tropical paradise with all the best <laughs> food and the love and the the training and the education. Then Danny DeVito is just a slug on the street in L.A. Right. And he's given, you know. So really, what gets back to when you think about happiness is what's your internal environment look uh-huh. like? And yep. I think that's where happiness begins for me. Yeah, for sure. Or who do you hang out with, right? Are they energy vampires or are they lifting you up? So I think you have to look at all of those things. I think sometimes the way I like to define happiness is just a positive life experience. It doesn't mean that you have to be happy every single day. It's good to have emotions, right? It's good to, you know, be communicate about how you're feeling, but I think we all want to live that positive life experience. And happiness begins when we start feeling it. You know, if we don't have energy and we're not taking care of ourselves and we're not sleeping, it's almost impossible to feel happy, right? So I think it begins when we start feeling good, but also I think it, it comes from within, like you mentioned, it could be a serotonin imbalance of something. And so often we're trying to target, you know, serotonin in the mind and make our mind feel happier when serotonin really is made in the gut. 90% of our serotonin, in order to feel happy, the body has to produce serotonin. 90% is made in the gut from the foods that we eat. A lot of those foods found in the center of the food target, the foods closest to the source that have good probiotics. Another big thing is carbohydrates, raw material that makes serotonin. And I think you know, the most popular diet right now is low carb of some sort. It's no coincidence that we have the highest rates of depression. As a dietitian, I really, I really believe that feeling good starts with food. And I think happiness, we can look at it a little bit differently just by eating certain foods. We're not giving up carbs. We're making all the carbs we're doing better. I know I feel much more satisfied and whole when I include carbohydrates in my meals. You know, if I'm just eating a piece of salmon and asparagus for dinner, there's something missing. I want a snack, I'm craving something. But if I have a potato or if I I have ancient grain, I just feel so much more satisfied. So thinking about that differently, and it really does start with food. Well, that's why, what do they call me? What's, what's, What's Brady call me? Oh, Grandpa Pancake. So tomorrow we're having pancakes, Woo-hoo! right? But we're having really amazingly healthy pancakes, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. So we're going to take a blender. We're going to put in some almond milk and some 100% rolled oats into a blender. And then we're going to put some applesauce and a few eggs. And then we're going to use, you know, real maple syrup and or... Blueberries. Yeah, blueberries and, and bananas and... So again, when you think about food, I like that what you said, feeling good starts with food mm-hmm. and the positive life experience. And, and I think we both agree when we can move our bodies a little bit, motion creates positive emotion. When we can eat, we're hydrated right and eating the healthy carbohydrates. And when you think of the neurotransmitters, I wrote a, a blog quite a bit a while ago and that was talked about the keto diet. And I'm not here to beat up the keto diet. And there's, I think there's, you know, certain benefits of, you know, focused eating. But when you take certain things out of the body, certain foods, again, when you said serotonin is made in the gut, but GABA and serotonin is your neurotransmitters that calm you. Yeah. And so if you're not getting these foods that are helping to boost or build serotonin and GABA, then you're probably going to have problems relaxing and anxiety and 
you know, all the things that go with that. I can't sleep anymore because I'm missing some of these things. And then serotonin also makes melatonin, which helps you, it's your sleep hormone. So that's why it's really important to understand that happiness begins, like you said, starting with maybe foods and happiness begins in the gut. Begins in the gut, right. Yep. And so I think the food target is a really good guide for having including more foods that will naturally help to boost serotonin. But I think another aspect, and we'll touch on, we, I won't go too deep into this, is, you know, not just healthy food contributes to happiness, but just food in general. Because what food is, is it's connection. It's such a big part of our social life. So I think the biggest problem I have with diets, it doesn't allow you to have a social life. People can argue whether that's true or not, but food is connection. It's social. And I think you know, being quarantined, I didn't have much of a social life. I'm eating more meals at home, which is great. I'm eating healthier, but I'm missing that social element. And I think we're finding that it's our social life that's our greatest predictor of happiness. So if we're giving up food or we're going on these restrictive diets, we're going to give up part of that happiness, part of that social life. So thinking about every social occasion in this world revolves around food when you think about it. Football games baseball games, graduations, open house, parties, weddings, anniversaries, birthdays. Birthdays are so special because partly you have birthday cake. You know what I mean? Everything, and it doesn't have to be unhealthy birthday cake. You can have pancakes that are still healthy. So you're just making everything better, but understanding that food is social and we really can't give it up. And that's why that 80-20 rule we talk about was so powerful where 80% of the time you're you're eating healthy foods, 20% of the time you don't worry about it. We're going to a graduation party tonight. I've been looking forward to this all week. It's been in the back of my mind. I'm planning ahead for it because my mom's family is all Lebanese and they rolled a thousand grape leaves on Tuesday. We're having grape leaves, we're having kibbe, we're having all these foods that will connect us together that we don't have to feel guilty about eating because we're planning ahead for it. So just thinking about how you can plan ahead to make this life a positive experience. You don't have to eat healthy all the time, but you can indulge when the time comes comes down to it. <laughs> for sure. So just thinking about serotonin differently and happiness, um, but that moves it into... I know we touched on this, anxiety and depression. A lot of people are facing mental health issues when it comes with anxiety and depression. And I know you talk a lot about just the mind. So how could people's mindset kind of help them to manage some of these issues? Well, I think the big thing is people don't realize, you know, back to the nervous system. And so when you think of the sympathetic nervous system, that's going to be the more fight or flight. And so that's really where you're going to get more people get more anxious. They're worried about the future. You know, stress levels are all time. You know, they're high right now. And then in depressions, the the fear of the past that could be too much parasympathetic nervous system stimulation. So when you think about anxiety, the fear of the future, you know, that's where you need to help people understand how do you calm people down. Mm -hmm. And as simple as it it is, it's changing how they breathe. You know, some really easy, maybe restorative movements. You know, we talked about yoga or there's many things we have on our website, restorative movements using the foam roller. But when people are anxious and then you look at certain foods like agaba or serotonin, what are they missing that calms them down? So ancient grains are very, behind B vitamins, very calming. Mm -hmm. 
you know, a sweet potato or potatoes are high in serotonin. So if they're missing some of these foods, anxiety will even be more elevated. So again, being aware that if you're anxious, you know, and again, the big mistake people make with stress is most people overestimate the threat. So if I'm overestimating the threat of what's going to happen, anxiety goes even higher and this starts to snowball, which leads to breaking down the nervous system, breaking down the immune system, yeah. and that leads to all these imbalances. So again, when you look at you know some of these medications, when you think of a, a lot of your mental health medications, you know, a big part of that, they keep the serotonin in the brain longer. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you're not even consuming foods highly, you know, the body's not having enough foods that make the serotonin. So you can see how this starts to roll versus, hey, at the beginning of your day, eat oatmeal. Yeah. And during dinner, have a potato. And you're putting these ends of the day. So now I'm creating this this way I'm eating to help with my anxiety or my depression. If you're feeling like you have too much depression, that's the fear of the past, you know, what are you looking for? You know, how do you focus more on the future and the, what's the hope and how do you stay in the moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that could be more stillness. Yep. Or yoga or breathing or... It's all that. Any of that stuff. So I think the big thing missing right now out there when you think about mental health is looking at how I, what I'm eating, mm-hmm. how I'm moving, and then do I have enough you know, recovery, rejuvenation? I mean, how, how do people feel? And again, we haven't been in this position for a while but for me i go to this this amazing uh spa that's it's it's awesome it's not far away and i go there and i it's like my whole relaxation day and i get a massage so i have start out with a nice shower and then i get in the hot tub and stretch out and then i come back and take a cool shower get ready got the robe on get there and when i get done i'm like the world is good <laughs> so yeah but but it creates a lot of stillness yeah, and i think during this pandemic we need to hopefully protect our white space this stillness which i think will lead to a lot more positive mental health outcomes definitely yeah and i mean even the calming calming magnesium rich foods like we talked about cacao leafy greens nuts seeds dates figs but also those ancient grains that will all help to kind of calm the body the mind down and many times people who i work with who have anxiety they also have digestive issues ibs constipation things like that so the gut brain connection is real i think serotonin when we think about made in the gut we also know that when we improve our digestion we can also kind of improve some of these mental health issues too and yeah being present i know it's easier said than done but when we first went into quarantine i live in chicago and so so much of my social life is going out on the town going to farmers markets going to shows meeting friends for coffee going to a yoga class my whole social life was you know taken over and I just stayed at home and you know I started to think about like what would my life would be and I would get into the future and then I'd feel stressed when I didn't even know the future was unknown so why not focus more on the present and I think you know my husband said something like well Kristen this could go on for three more months and at the time I was just kind of playing it day by day and I realized that when I was taking it day by day just in the present moment I could handle these things. You know, if I knew that it was going to be three months from now where things would start to open up, I don't know if I could have handled it. 
Well, and I think that's a big thing we promote at Ontario Living is how do you develop habits and you do it one step at a time. Yeah. You know, we have, you know, I'm not going to get into the story, but, you know, 10 years ago we went to the Grand Canyon. We did the rim to rim. We got stuck in the Grand Canyon with a few people and I had to sleep overnight there. But to get them out, I remember this. I said, okay, here's the deal, guys, because this was a couple older gentlemen and they were really struggling. I mean, can you imagine being in the Grand Canyon for 30 no five 36 hours and it's hot and it's cold and whatever and i said here's the deal we're going to go 20 steps at a time and then we're going to rest and versus hey today we got to go we have to do 12 more miles to get out of here and that's what they kept talking about i can't make 12 miles Uh i said don't worry about the 12 miles let's take 20 steps at a time and we're going to rest and 20 steps at a time we're going to rest and i think that's the thing we're, we're always talking about is like when you get people in the anxiety, yeah. they got so, the the mountain is so high. Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. you think about climbing Mount Everest, I mean, <laughs> that's burying everybody. Yeah. You know, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do that? Let's just focus it right now. And it's very difficult to do. It is, but I think everyone does better with that. I mean, even right now, our world has changed from a business standpoint. We used to do all live events. Now we're doing virtual. And I think when we think about, you know what, let's just focus on selling, you know, part of our job is sales. Let's focus on selling one event a week. It's not about selling, you know, 10 in one month or whatever it is. That's those small steps are what makes it manageable. And I think as far as a mental health standpoint and anxiety and depression, I know for me, when my life was kind of thrown off a little bit, my son was out of daycare, the best thing I could do was first thing in the moment, first thing in the morning, move move my body. Could be a 10 minute YouTube. It could be a 10 minute run outside. It didn't matter. I just needed to move because it did change my mental state. And then I could start my day. You know, some people like to work out in the afternoon. That's fine. But I think for me, waking up in the morning, getting some form of movement, it does wash the brain. For sure. I mean, that's part of it. Motion creates positive emotion. So I think when we're getting into all this stuff, it really gets back to the basics. And people are, you know, we're, we're all you know, reaching out for that happiness, we, we want that. What, But really, it's going to come from internally and the things that you can control. Yep, and just changing your the people that you hang out with. I mean, I know I'm reassessing my circle. You know, I, I've been living with just my husband and my son. They bring out the best in me. So who am I going to add to that now? Now that I have a choice of who I'm going to hang out with and the limited time I have because, you know, you just, you don't, we don't, have all the opportunities we did of going out here and there and whatever. And some, some, some of you out there are like, I don't have a control. I don't have a choice over that right now. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Maybe I, I, you know, my family members, I, I can't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, true. But do you know what? In the same sense, they may need you. You know, there's some people that may just need you to help them live a little bit more positive. So, So let's move into, I know this is kind of all related, but what about people struggling with you know, from a focus standpoint, concentration standpoint, what would you suggest for them? What would the root cause of, of that? Mean? Well, your brother and I wrote a book titled Capacity is Focus, Energy, and Drive, and it really focuses a skill. Yeah. And so if you can learn how to, I was talking to a guy yesterday and I said, you know, one of the trainings we did is a three-minute listening exercise. Mm-hmm. And it drove some of these advisors crazy because they had <laughs> to focus without responding just listen for three minutes so i think a focus is a skill yeah and 
learning how. I mean, if you look at any professional athlete, when they get in the zone, what are they thinking about? Their focus is incredible. We all get distracted, but when you do the basics, I mean, that's why a lot of these professional golfers now have these the bands that monitor their breathing. Well, when they're breathing, when they get stressed, obviously the breathing speeds up, and so they're thinking about the future. They're thinking about, you know, I got to make this putt or I got to hit the shot or whatever. Versus, of how do you stay right there? Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, thinking about the outcome, and that's not easy to do. So I think when we, most of us are free, you know, and easy, the next thing you know, it's easy to. So focus is a skill, and a big part of that starts with learning how to quiet the mind and through breathing and through you know things movement like or- through d- daily movement, anything that can actually help you focus. Yeah. And a lot of these stimulants out there are killing us. You know, people say, oh, it gives me great focus. Well, then you can't, you know, sleep at night or they can't relax and whatever. So, uh, but focus is a skill. Mm -hmm. And we don't teach focus. You remember when, you know, I've used Dr. Phil Nuremberger. We tell our kids to focus, but we don't teach them how to focus. And if they're not consuming certain foods, ADHD has never been higher. Mm So if you get more calming, we talk about magnesium, the foods, and B vitamins like an oatmeal and things like this, it helps to help them quiet that mind on top of the breathing, which helps to have greater focus. So those are the things that I think it's, it's, it's being, it should be taught. Like we're talking about, you know, how do you improve blood pressure or whatever? These are some basic skills that should be taught in our schools because that's the... That's the great, I mean, if you can go into a workplace, it's not about the amount of time you put in, it's about the t- amount of time you can focus. Mm-hmm. And then if you have great energy with that focus, now we're looking at really good outcomes. Right, because no one wants to work 10-hour days, right? Getting in the chair doesn't get the job, just sitting in the chair doesn't get the job done. If we can have better focus, then maybe we don't have to spend as much time. Yeah, so a big part of my day, like right now I'm writing this book, you know, I get up early because my greatest energy is in the morning. I take a shower and then I jump in and it gives me, you know, I've eaten my, had my wheatgrass and cod liver oil and I had my oatmeal on the run and whatever this morning and it allows me to have this great focus for a while. And then I'll take a break and move my body. But this is a a, a strategy that I use, but the goal is to how do you improve the skill? Because learning how to focus is a skill. Yeah, and you don't even drink coffee. Where's your focus come from if you're not drinking a cup of coffee when you're writing your book? Well, (laughs) I'm focused on what I'm doing, so many times I'll get my environment ready. But also I really will step back and say, okay, am I hydrated? Am I? How do I feel? Because if my back is bothering me, you know, my knees issue. I don't have a good. I didn't have a good night's sleep. I'm not. I don't have. I'm not going to have great focus. Mm-mm. And so, no when way. people are in a, you know, a webinar we're doing, we're trying to engage them. Hopefully, on this podcast, we're trying to engage you. But people lose focus quickly. Right. I think the average brain is about nine seconds oh, sure. before it decides to jump over yeah. to which we call the monkey mind. So it's a way to keep bringing it back. But if yeah. we're not hydrated it's like a broken record here we're not taking care of ourselves. we're not learning how to quiet the mind it's no wonder we don't have good focus or just focusing on things that interest us too i know with matt he had adhd growing up he couldn't focus on anything but it's because he didn't have he wasn't interested in it you know and then he got into golf and he had super big passion for it and yeah maybe you're maybe you're in a job that is not your passion, but maybe you're finding something like play 
activities like paddleball or golf or other things that you can that may help with your focus in a roundabout way because you're doing something you're interested in. But I think even at work, if you're not loving your job, you still can find ways to make everything better. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to focus on the negative. I hate this job. I'm going to focus on the positive. Yep. And the more we can do that, back to the happiness thing, I'm like, how do I create, what questions do I need to ask myself to create a, you know, how do I lose weight and enjoy the process? Yeah. Versus I hate, I hate, I hate this. I hate this diet. I hate this. I hate this workout. I hate getting on the, you know, the step mill. I, I, that's that's going to lead into, let's focus on what you love, what you like. What's, what, what, what can be better about this? And I think that's the thing that I try to do personally when I'm kind of moving sideways yeah. is asking myself better questions and how to get more focused on what do I want, not what do I don't want. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the last topic we're going to talk about is sleep. So I know a lot of times when we talk to people who can't stay asleep at night, usually that stems from being deficient in magnesium because magnesium is so calming. So getting more magnesium into your diet, cacao nibs, leafy greens, nuts, seeds. It doesn't have to be a supplement or a powder because that's very difficult to absorb. But instead, we're using Epsom salt, taking Epsom salt baths, super, all super high in calming magnesium. Um, but what would you say as far as just someone that wants to get better night's sleep and, you know, different remedies or small steps they could take? Well, again, this is a book we could talk about. <laughs> but, you know, sleep's a big problem in the United States. It's the fastest growing group of medications. If you have a bad night's sleep here and there, that's not a big deal. But a chronic sleep's a killing us. Mm-hmm. So it's the fastest growing group of meds. It's a big deal. We know right now the benefit of sleep, it's one of the greatest things for our immune system. So today, and where we're at in our society around our world, it's a, it's a thing that really we need to pay attention to. If your goal is to lose weight, it's almost impossible to lose weight if you're not sleeping. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of things, the benefits of sleeping, um, uh, killer T-cells, powerful immune system, all these wonderful things about the sleep. And the last thing I mentioned about the benefits of sleep is what it does for the brain. So the body, when you get into you know, deep sleep, that's when the body heals itself. That's what happens in the first part of the night. But as sleep goes on, we get into this thing called REM sleep, rapid eye movement when we dream. And that's when the brain has an opportunity to clean itself. That's called the glymphatic system with a G. So if we're not getting enough REM sleep, because REM sleep comes later in the night, you're going to get very little cleaning of the brain, that glymphatic system. So when we talk about dementia and Parkinson's and all these autoimmune issues, uh, all these dementia issues, all these things that are going on, a big part of it is that we're not getting enough, you know, we're not getting enough sleep, which leads us into, okay, I value my sleep, but on a 1 to 10 scale, where do you value it? Mm -hmm. So if I ask you, where is that? Like 11. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's right at the top. So for me, it's the same thing. You're talking about happiness. If I don't sleep, you know, Brady is now close to 20 months. Mm-hmm. He's starting to sleep better. Oh, yeah. And I feel a huge difference. You f- and you're happier. Yeah. Right? For so sure. back to the beginning, mental health. So if you're not getting enough sleep, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. So number one, where do, you, where do you rate it on a 1 to 10 scale? Number two, are you planning your sleep? Yeah. So if I said, hey, Kristen, what do you do? How do you plan your sleep? And most people, when you ask them that question, they have no idea what you're talking about. So you plan your sleep. Well, I know my son Brady gets up at 6 a.m. 
For a while there, it was like 4.35, so I planned that. If I knew that I had to get up at 6, a lot of people have to get up for whatever reason, you better believe I'm in bed by 9 because I want to try to get at least 8 hours. Now, I've been staying with you for the past week, and my husband's been back in Chicago, and so I've been putting Brady down at 8, and guess what? I'm going down at 8, too. I haven't seen oh, you for a while. I've been sleeping from like 8 <laughs> to 6. Is that too much? 10 hours. But I just felt like I needed it, and I feel so much different just having that good night's sleep. So planning ahead, if you, it kind of starts by working backwards. What time do you have to get up, and then what time do you need to get into bed? And you've always said this to me, too. Nothing good happens after midnight, even after 10 p.m., right? There's nothing good that can possibly happen. And when I was in high school or college. Well, you that know. was more for high school. But still, but no, I, I it stuck it. with me. Right. What do you have to do? Watch three more hours of TV? You're not going to miss anything. Just get to bed. So if you're trying to perform better, feel better, yeah. be your best self, sleep's a big deal. But I really like the, I like the word plan mm-hmm. because I think more people need to plan their sleep. And then from there, it's your environment. Yeah. You know, I, I got a chili pad for yeah. Father's Day that makes my mattress cool so I set it at 64 degrees and so when I get in bed it's it's cool yeah. and then generally about 2 or 3 a.m. I I turn it off and then it, it naturally wakes me up over time mm-hmm. so I'll, and I've been getting great sleep but uh, temperature is a big deal yeah. 65 to 65 60 to 65 degrees mm-hmm. keeps the sympathetic nervous system kind of at bay relaxes the body mm-hmm. and then uh, is it dark is it cool is it also do you maybe have white noise and i know when i walked downstairs yesterday with aunt paula came over we looked in brady's room and in the white noise machine was on i keep that on all day long (laughs) keep it on all day long right because you might have to go down for a nap Mm -hmm. or whatever but all those things so now i create this amazing environment and as you mentioned earlier magnesium is a mineral relaxation helps people stay asleep so there's a lot of ways to improve your sleep we kind of gave it to you in a little nutshell but magnesium, futile magnesium is a mineral relaxation. You know, rated on a one to 10 scale, is it really high? You said it, I plan my sleep. When am I going to bed? When do I get up? You know, and all the things that go with my environment. And when you put, start putting it all together, you start getting a better night's sleep because people have to understand that one of the greatest ways to rejuvenate the human body, create this amazing health in the immune system is getting a solid and LeBron James yeah. says this best, you know, eight hours of sleep is what his trainer really got him convinced that he needed to do to have a long mm-hmm. performing career. Yeah. So he said one of the greatest things that his trainer taught him wasn't at working out or eating. It was like, you need to get eight hours. It's, like it's the greatest performance enhancement drug on the planet is eight hours of sleep, not sleep, but eight hours. So yeah. when people think they can hack their sleep, they're completely out to lunch. Yeah, it'll catch up eventually. Great. Well, if you do want to learn more, we have our new app. So it's called On Target Living Experience. And we dive deep into a lot of these issues. You know, any topic, rest, eat, move related, we can go deep on. But hopefully we helped you to understand that, you know, we don't want to just focus on the cure all the time. That's not the answer, you know, or something that comes in a pill bottle. We want to start to improve our lifestyle because that's truly what's going to work long term. We know that our healthcare costs are out of control. Our diets are out of control. We clearly have a problem because many of these things aren't working. So if we can really go back to that old wisdom, the basics, healing our issue at the source, that's where we can all 
win and live our best life and have a positive life experience because happiness, it begins when you start feeling it. So, And you have the power. You have the powers within you. The magic's in, in the body and it's always talking to you and it's important to stop and listen and, and give it what it needs. So thanks for tuning in. This is This concludes our three-part of our three-part series and we wish you health and happiness and just to help you stay kind of present in the moment, take day each day, day by day, um, things will, will get better. We know it. <laughs>